pray that your name would be lifted up today in song and we pray for brother Darrell he delivers your word today God bless him and uh, help us to understand and to listen to those things you uh, have for us today in Jesus name I pray amen what a fellowship what a joy
was a wretch I remember who I was I was lost I was blind I was running out of time Sin separated The bridge was far too wide But from the far side of the chasm You had me in your sight So you made a way Across the great divide Left behind heaven's throne To build it here inside the cross paid the debt I owe broke my chains freed my soul for the first time I had hope thank you Jesus for the blood of power thank you Jesus it has washed me wide
Again, if you have your Bible, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 through 6 as we work our way through the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. There's an outline of this message on the back side of your announcements if you'd like to use that. Let you get situated a little bit. Let's pray together. Dear God, I want to thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house right now. Uh, on the Lord's day in the Lord's house with, with, with your people here. Thank you for your word as it's open to us and the, the truth that is in, in your word. Uh, thank you for your Holy Spirit who is, was waiting for us. When we, when we came through the came through the door, thank you for your Holy Spirit who guides and directs us. And right now, I'm asking that you would help us to open our ears uh, to what your Spirit wants to say to us individually, to us as a group, but to us individually. Open our ears to what the Holy Spirit has to say, and open our eyes that we could see Jesus, not only as a group, but uh, to us individually as you deal with us individually while we're here in this group as the family of God. Help us to open our ears and open our eyes. Let us see you, let us hear you, and then let us let you in to our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. By faith, Enoch was taken away and he had this testimony that he pleased God. And only two people in the Bible recorded that did not die. Enoch was one of those. Was just taken away, taken to he heaven. Enoch was one of those. Who was the other? Remember, Elijah. All right. Wouldn't that be cool? Especially the Elijah thing, the chariot of fire. Wouldn't I'd love to be the third guy who didn't who didn't uh, die and just got. That would be so cool to go to heaven like like that. Enoch was taken away. Before we read verse uh, six, uh, I wanted you to catch that by faith. He pleased God, and that's exactly what verse 6 is going to 
going to talk about. I just want to say this about Enoch. I heard another preacher do this years ago. It's kind of a, kind of a fable, kind of a wives tale kind of thing, meaning there's no way that we know it's true. But the, the story, kind of, a, kind of a parable, God and, God and Enoch walk together. When, it, when you read that in the scripture, it sounds very much like the relationship that God had with God had with Adam, with Adam and Eve walking together in the cool of the day. The Bible says that that God that Enoch walked with God, and the fable goes that God and Enoch were walking one day, and uh, they started at Enoch's home, and they went on this walk, and they went on a rather long walk, longer than usual, and uh, it was getting late, and. Enoch said, well, you know, it's time for me to turn, turn around and go home. And God said, well, you're closer to my house than yours. Why don't you just come home, come home, come home with me? And I'd I love to be like that. But so there's that. Enoch, by faith, walked with God, and he pleased God. And that's what we want to look at. That leads into verse 6. So using Enoch as an example, but without faith, and this is a real kind of like one of the most popular scriptures in the book of book of book of Hebrews, you're going to remember this. It's going to it's going to uh, you're going to recognize this. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you're looking at your outline, we're going to put that phrase up, please. Please, and uh, the three times it's, the word is used in the book of Hebrews is the only time it's used in Scripture. It means to gratify, to gratify entirely. So it's used here twice. Enoch did that. Without faith it's, faith, it's impossible to please him. I think it's used again in chapter 13. To gratify entirely. Nowhere else in scripture is, is this used. But to please him, to gratify entirely. Uh, I want to start this way. The title of the kind of the subtitle of the message today is The Great Reversal. The Great Reversal is, are the great ironies in scripture. Things like, when Jesus said, if you want to be first, you need to learn to be last. The great reversal. It's an irony. If you want to learn to be first, if you want to be first, you need to learn to be last. Um, if you, the great reversal is that Jesus gave his life for you. And then after that, not to earn salvation, but after that is where you are now giving your life to him. There's a reversal. Jesus gave his life for you, and so you're in this process now of giving your life for him. Jesus said that if you want to gain your life, you need to learn to lose your life. A lot of things like that, if, especially if you're young and young in Christ, you read things like that, you're not exactly sure what that means, but the, the longer you walk with him, like Enoch did, you, you learn that that's actually true. 
Because those reversals talked about in Scripture, they, they strike us as not being true. Like, well, that's, you know, that's kind of a neat thing to say. It's something you'd put on, put on a T-shirt or a bumper sticker or something like that. But it's not really true that if I want to be first, that you learn to be last. In our culture, that's just not true. That if you want to gain your life, the, the way you gain your life is to actually give your life, to, to lose your life. And, but in our culture, that's just not actually true. It's spiritually true, it's godly true, it's biblically true. And, you, and it's that process as Christians, we begin to learn that, hey, you know what, that's actually true. In this, in this uh, scripture that we're looking at, but without faith it's impossible to please him. There's the reversal, and I don't know if, if you've ever seen it in that verse before, but here's the reversal, much like the reversals we've already talked about. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. So in that verse, it's assuming that the goal is to please him. Because that's not how it started out with us. And for a, a lot of Christians, that's still, for a lot of people, and for a lot of, a lot of Christians, that's still not where you're at. But there really needs to come this reversal area, this reversal time in your life when it changes from, because most people and a lot of Christians, I don't know if I can say most, I don't know how many, but for a lot of people, it's, it's not me pleasing him. It's all about me trying to figure out a way that he can please me. So a lot of our prayer life is asking, and I... Not that there's anything wrong with this, but it's learning to grow in addition to this, past this. It's learning to get to that great re reversal point, but where a lot of our praying is, is asking God to do things for us, asking God to give us things. But, and I'll be the first one to tell you, if I need something, I'm going to go to him and ask him. I'm not abandoning that. But for a lot of Christians, I'm afraid, that's actually where they live all the time. That it's not about me pleasing God. It's actually about finding out how can God please me. That's where we get the, uh, a lot of the teaching out there. If you would just have enough faith, God would answer your prayer. If you would have enough faith, God would do what you're asking him to do. Is that what uh, chapter 11 verse 6 says? No, it isn't. It isn't. If you, would, if you would grow in your faith, God will give you what you ask for. If you, it's, it's all, it, it, this is absolutely unbiblical in every way that there's some way we can manipulate God to do what we want. That is not biblical in any way. You're not going to hear that taught here. You shouldn't hear it taught anywhere where Christ is named. That we can somehow manipulate God, trick God, and, and maybe he doesn't really see what's going on in my life, but let my faith grow to the point where he'll begin to do what I want him to do. And a lot of Christians are still there. Where it's all about trying to get God to do what you want him to do. Where it's all about God pleasing you. You need to grow past that. You need to grow beyond that. A similar, it's not the same thing, but I've used the illustration a lot, the, the analogy a lot, that when you, when you first started coming to church, it was all about getting. That's fine. Every, everybody does that. 
When you first started coming to church, it was about getting. But as you grow in Christ, as you grow in your faith and in your spirit, you learn that there's a lot more to life than about getting. And then it changes to where you come to start giving. There's the great reversal right there. The great reversal where I get out of it's all about me, it's all about getting to where I come to start giving. The great reversal here in in, uh, in verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please him. You notice in that verse, faith doesn't have anything about God pleasing me. It used to. It used to. And I would listen and, and learn and, and I would say, you know, how can I, how can I get God to, well, thankfully, by the grace of God, I kind of have kind of grown past that. But now it's about faith that pleases him. The great reversal is growing out of that faith that's all about God pleasing me, and now it's about me pleasing him. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone here, that's what he's going to be speaking to you about. About that lifestyle now, about you pleasing him. About it's all about him. It's not all about you. And he goes on and talks, uh, gives a couple more thoughts in that verse. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Here's, here's a couple ways that we do that. This is kind of the structure to get that done. For he who comes to God uh, must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You must believe that he is. Well, that, you know, that kind of makes sense, and, and, and I think most of us do. But you need to take it a little bit further than that. And if you're looking at your outline, you exist because God does. And if God is not random, neither are you. Well, most people believe that God exists. There's got to be, but and there is a little more to it. Think about that more, more deeply. Those who come to him must believe that he is, that he, that he exists. Take that deeper. I, I, I know you already do that. You already believe that he is. But take that a little bit deeper. If God is, if God is who he says he is, if God is who he says he is, and as he reveals himself to me more, as I, as I understand him more, and as I understand that when you look at creation and, and all of that, and, and just the, there is no way that's random. And then there's no way that I am random. That he's made me for a purpose. There's something that he's made me for. There's something that he created me for. Psalm 139 talks about God. We are knit together. That he, he took so much time with us that the hairs of your head are numbered, not counted. Some of you this morning lost number whatever. They're not counted, they're numbered. He knows the number of the hairs of your head. And he knows intricately every single part of you. And every one of us, that's true. It's not true for a few of us. It's true for billions of us. That's the God that we know. You must believe that he exists and all that that means. 
all that that means of the awesomeness of him. The uh, hugeness is not a word, I don't think, but the hugeness of him. I just had to throw that out there because I can't think of another one. The, the hugeness of him. Listen to me. When you concentrate on that and you study that and you get deeper into that, listen, there is nothing that he cannot do. Nothing that he cannot do. If he's not doing it, there's a reason why. There's nothing that he cannot do. There's nothing that he cannot change. If he's not doing it right now and not changing it right now, then there's a reason why. It's very similar to when God came to Job and Job was having a, having a terrible time in life, obviously, and struggling through that. And then God comes to him and he begins to ask Job questions, you know, about, you know, have you ever seen an ostrich lay its egg, you know, and things, do, do, do you understand how all of this works? And Job must have just stood there with his mouth open and said, I don't understand any of it. God, I can't, I can't fathom any of it. And God said, that's exactly right. You cannot fathom any of it. So Job, you've just got to let God be God. And First General Baptist, you've just got to let God be God. You must believe that he is and all that that means. And then, well, I do. Okay, let's go deeper. Let's... let's Let's pray about that more. Let's look at that more. Let's think about that more. You must believe that God exists, okay? A uh, couple of scriptures, they're on your outline. First is we do this and so much you ought to know this by heart. Colossians 1.16, for by him, by Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, were the thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers. All things were created through him, and for him, and you are part of all things, so you were created by him and for him. That's one of the reasons that you're here, is for him. And, and just in looking into that and exploring, you know, I, I'm, I'm beginning to understand a little bit more about how great God is and that he's got this great plan for me. So that's Colossians 1.16. As we move on to the second part of that verse, uh, verse 6, I do want to share the first John 4:19, then we'll move on. We love him because he first loved us. I could preach the whole time on just that verse. We love him because he first loved us. That's the relationship part that we're going to begin to talk about now. We love him because he first loved us. Now the second part of uh, verse six, we must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He rewards those who seek him. God works as I work. As I seek him, as I pray, he is rewarding me. I'm seeking him. There's the relationship. I love him because he first loved me. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. And the last line on, on the outline, the way to make any relationship better is to change yourself. This relationship that we have with God, understanding it more, getting, getting well, I've, I, I've, I've already got that. I've, okay, go deeper. Go deeper into it. 
this relationship of wanting to seek him, learn, learn more about him, and not just get in our head, but it would, that it would change our life, and that he is, is rewarding that. God's very aware of you. God knows exactly what's going on and not. Okay. I'm going to change gears a little bit right here. I wasn't sure how to change gears right here until last night. It became a little more plain to me. The whole chapter of Hebrews 11 is going to be talking about faith. You're going to get so sick of hearing about faith, not really, by the time that we're through. When I'm preaching, I like to teach, but I also know I like to give a message from God. I like to teach what the Bible says, but I also know that I have been called to give you a message from God. This is the message from God. You know, we've looked at what the scripture says. Uh, this uh, starts out as kind of a personal thing that I never thought that was for anybody else except me. But a few months ago, the Holy Spirit dealt very strongly with me and very specifically with me about faith, about doubt, about self-doubt. Um, I have no idea what you think about me, but maybe I give you the impression that faith is easy for me and I'm giving you the wrong impression, okay? Because it's not. Faith is, has always come hard for, for me. I am cynical, <laughs> meaning I, I, know, I know I do this. I do this on purpose, but you can tell me almost anything you, I, I hate to get, it's, a, it's like uh, showing you my ace card, and I hate to do that, but I don't have much time left, so I need, I need to go ahead and show you an ace card. You can come to me and tell me almost anything, and I'm going to act like I believe you, okay? And a lot of times I'm pretending, man, I, hate, I shouldn't have said that, but it's, but it's the truth, because, I, because some people will just boldface lie to you. I don't know if you've ever ever seen that. I learned that as an er early age. Some people just bold-faced lie to you. I have a cynical side of me. Faith has not come that easy for me. And the Bible says, God instructs us, Pro he, he uses these words, prove me. Prove me. Well, what's that mean? When God tells us in our relationship to him, Prove me, God said. What's that mean? See if God won't do what he says he'll do. See if God won't keep his word. See if God won't be faithful to you. Prove him. And my life has been that, where God is proving himself to me over and over again. Now, it's easy for some of you to say, well, you shouldn't have to do that. I know I shouldn't have to do that, but I do have to do that. We were talking about this on uh, Wednesday night, and I really hadn't planned on doing this. Wednesday night came up, and we were talking about faith some. We were talking about the faith, the faith of Gideon. And I think on our study sheet, uh, I, I forget exactly how it was said, but that, that some of us have a tendency to doubt. 
we have a tendency to doubt. Now, that's not sin in and of itself. We just have the, have the tendency, the temptation to doubt. We were talking about that a little bit, and a few of the f- folks in the small group said, well, aren't that m- most of us? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, but I know it's me. I have a tendency to doubt. I've had to work on that my whole life. I believe very strongly in faith, but I've had to get there. You can only get to faith by walking through the door of doubt. You have to get through that door of doubt to get there. Okay? I've been there my whole life, walking through the door of doubt. But... I am walking through the door of doubt. I wrestle with doubt, but I am wrestling with it, not giving into it. Okay, a few months ago, the Lord and I had a real good talk. And he talked real firmly with me. And I'm going to talk real firmly with you, the way God talks, talks to me. And he started to deal with me about some of my doubts. There's some of the doubts, I'm not going to tell you what they are, but they were pretty big things. But some of the doubts that I've wrestled with for years, he finally came to me and said, okay, we're going to get through this door and done with it. We're going to get through this door of doubt and be done with it. It's time for you to move on. It's time for you to get past this doubt and start walking in real faith about this thing. Okay, I'm not telling you what the thing is. It doesn't matter. Not all of us in the room have this thing, but some of us do. And I really wasn't sure last night if I should even go this route, but right now, standing here right now, I'm absolutely convinced that, that this is what I'm supposed to do that you've been wrestling with this doubt on this thing or this person or this situation or this relationship with God or this non-relationship with God. But you've been wrestling with this. You've been dealing with this. You've been trying to work through this. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit right now is telling you it's time to let that doubt go and to walk in faith just like that. Just like that. He's telling you that you've wrestled with it long enough. It's time to move on. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. You must believe that he is. I mean, really believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who will diligently seek him y'all believe that now it's time to believe it deeper and now it's time to let that get into you where it really begins to change your life really begins to change your life it's time to let some of those doubts go now I haven't named a thing because I don't have to All of us know in our own life what that thing is, where that 
where that doubt is. I don't, I don't have to say it. You already know. When the Lord dealt with me about it, he didn't, he didn't name it because I already knew it. It's time to let that go. I'm going to ask you to stand, and the musicians are going to come, and we're going to pray. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, please, with me. And let's just let the Holy Spirit do his work as long as it takes. Just let the Holy Spirit do his work. When you walked into the Lord's house today, God was waiting for you here. And he walked with you the whole way. There's not one thing in your mind and in your heart that he does not see. There's not one part of you that he does not know. There's not one doubt in you that you're struggling with that he does not know it. And he sees it. And he loves you and I anyway. He loves you and I anyway. And he is faithful. He always has been. He's patient. He's kind. He loves you. And he's ready to receive anything that you have to give him. And this morning, whoever you are, whatever the issue is, are you ready to just finally decide, I'm, I'm just done wrestling with this doubt. And I'm ready to begin trusting Jesus like I never have before. Like I never have before. I'm ready to go deeper into him. I'm ready to claim him more. I'm ready to understand him more. I'm ready to receive him more. However you want to say it. There's about 12 different ways. It all means the same thing. But I'm ready to get deeper into what he has for me. I'm ready to leave this doubt behind and walk in newness of life the way I know Jesus created me to be. I'm tired of this doubt. I'm ready to trust him. I'm ready to trust him. I want to. If any of that is you, if the Holy Spirit sees you and, and knows that and speaking to you right now, this is our prayer time. You don't have to step out and pray. Of course you don't. You can pray right where you're at. But sometimes it's good for me to step out of my seat and come. It's not, I don't know, it's just better. It, it just helps me. Just step out. It, it's, it's letting the Lord know that, hey, I, I'm serious about this. This really, I, I, I need this. I really need this. I need to come and pray. If you're wrestling with issues of doubt and issues of faith, Jesus is standing not only up here, he's standing right there beside you, waiting. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that's what this is. This is our prayer time where we seek him. If you need to come and pray about anything, anyone, while they play and sing, we invite you to come and pray.
Savior, 